Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 28th of November. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Andrew Gagan. Uh, Andrew, well, I was going to say, was it a good day today? I well, hope it was personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Oh, look, it was okay. Uh, look, I mean, yeah, despite future indicating we're going to start lower and we didn't really move much from that point. We're yeah. off, what, around a third of a percent thereabouts? Looks like about four tenths of a percent by the end of this session. Right. Um, look, it's not taking away from anything month to date, really. I mean, we're up by more than 5%. I was looking at some data from Morgan Stanley this morning. Last week, every single sector finished into positive territory. And then, you know, a conversation I had with Michael Gable today on the trade, you know, the charts are, are still showing there's momentum uh, behind this rally heading into December. Already. Yes, but. What? But. Yep. There's that caution. Mm. I mean, pretty much everyone I'm speaking to at the moment says, yes, you know, it looks good, but you got to think about next year. Big caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, we had retail sales today. Retail sales slowing. Disappointing is obviously the headline, coming in lower than expectations, but really probably making a few people bad like, news. Happy. It's good news. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it's. I think it's the. We've had nine months of strengthening sales. Um, so yeah, this is the first um, out of nine where it's actually gone backwards, uh, which is interesting too because it's come at a time off the back of uh, not that this is the latest measure, but we had Black Friday sales. So the next read is going to be fascinating. And in fact, I was just speaking with Christina Clifton from uh, CBA saying it's going to be very volatile for the next couple of months because you have events such as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas sales. So it's going to be hard to get a really accurate read of what's going on with the Australian consumer but you would say perhaps that um, this latest reading indication that those interest rates are biting to a degree mm -hmm. so if they continue to raise rates spending going to continue to come off well as Christina Clifton was saying maybe have to wait until perhaps February next year before mm -hmm. we get an accurate read yeah well that's interesting um, Mark Todd from the Bank of China he was you know saying he's he's happy with that 25 basis point hike that People seem to be anticipating coming through in December. Then RBA has January off and yeah, giving a little bit of uh, breathing room for these lag times. But um, I asked him about this, this apology that the Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe um, put to the Senate Economics Committee saying he was sorry that people made moves based on their call that interest rates wouldn't rise until 2024. And Mark Todd saying, oh, come on, give me a break. 
You know, when are people going to have to take responsibility? The banks have a part to play. You know, everybody shouldn't have been making these big decisions. I, I say shoot the messenger. Yeah. It was the media interpretation, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he goes to the point that, look, there were caveats built into that mm-hmm. about employment and wages and where they go. Yeah, well, and, it's, and it's a econo- function of the economy being so strong. Yeah, that's right. It responded uh, better than they, they expected look, and therefore they're going to have to – they had to cut rates um, sooner than they expected yeah, like I don't think any anybody is above reproach and I don't think apologies, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're a, a bad thing. I don't think that they do a lot sometimes either. But my point always in the criticisms that we have of central banks here or around the world is that it was such an extraordinary period coming through the pandemic. Like maybe they shouldn't have been speaking with so much confidence about this 2024, but everything has been so crazy let's be honest over the past couple of years like they didn't it was uncharted territory you had monetary policy fiscal policy all of the stimulus i mean and now the the chickens are coming home to roost well i mean hindsight is an easy thing isn't it yeah. and obviously um they say that they thought the economy was going to deteriorate much more than it did and therefore they had their foot on the gas look they weren't alone yeah you know well that's right that happened yeah. across the world but we're now paying for that we are um you always have to what is it? Pay the Pied Piper. Pied Piper has to be paid. Anyways, I don't know why I'm talking in um, tongues in today. Riddles. I mean, uh, <laughs> now, Nadine, the other, of course, another big issue that's unfolding at the moment is what's going on in China. Yes, I uh, find this fascinating. Well, and it's, of course, being China, it's difficult to know exactly what is going on. Uh, in fact, I was speaking with Mary Manning from Alfinity this morning, and uh, she's just done a tour of Asia, but not China. Mm. She's saying she really, for the past three years, is a bit clueless because she can't get any accurate data out of China. She can't get in there and have a good look. I've heard that from a number of people, some pretty high-ranking people as well, saying that they used to be able to get reliable data from China and even having people on the ground there is not a lot of use right now. But you'll remember on Friday we were chatting about this during the podcast then and just saying, yeah, with all of these lockdowns, with all of these really you know scary scenes coming from factories, et cetera, like how long are people just going to... To take it. So whether or not this is something that grows into something more significant, because we know how brutal the Chinese regime can be in cracking down against protesters, still, it's another level of uncertainty as we continue to see COVID zero playing out there and, and COVID cases rising. I mean, health is still a very real concern in a country that uh, really is largely unvaccinated and doesn't have the kind of healthcare system that we have and fortunate to have here. So yeah, there's a lot yeah, going well, on on that front. What does that do to economic activity? Mm-hmm. Certainly in the short term in China, you've got rising COVID cases. That takes workers out. You've got restrictions. That takes those other workers out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the unrest, um, depending on where that goes too. It just um, yeah. adds to the effect. And but- as a result, we saw that certainly played out in the commodity sector today. Some prices coming off and uh, at a... Uh, on the uh, the equity market, um, those related companies also uh, seeing some falls today. Uh, lithium yep. stocks, in particular, um, with softening demand there, particularly in as it relates to uh, to China. Yeah, but uh, BHP was down by three quarters of a percent. Rio one point three percent. Interesting to note that Fortescue was relatively flat. We did see Dalian Iron Ore rising. Um, 
oil. Woodside, yeah. Yep. Woodside was down by close to 3%, even as it secured its first LNG shipment direct to Europe. So a market opening there as a result of the Ukraine-Russia mm. conflict. But yeah, it wasn't enough to to light a fire under those um, energy companies because it's, it's yeah, oil's getting battered and bruised. Well, yeah, oil is back to levels seen at the end of last mm-hmm. year. And um, yeah, obviously that part of that is the is the China story, but I guess also what OPEC's going to do next as well as putting potential price caps um, on Russian exports as well, which is uh, yet to be played out because there's um, they can't get agreement in the EU, yeah. which is not unusual. Unsurprising. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, let's go through some of these equities that moved today. Tyro, no news, but up by close to 18%. Brickworks up by close to... Did I say 18%, 9%? What's going on? Brickworks is up almost 4%. Whitehaven, director selling, yet its share price was up by close to 4%. So that's an interesting one there. Flipside, Helios is down, trading update coming through just four weeks after the AGM, having to uh, revise down its expectations because COVID, you know, COVID uh, testing is way down. And then we get to Bank of Queensland. That was a bit of a drama playing out today. Andrew, George Frazis stepping down. Actually, being told to step down. Yeah, that's right. It was interesting because yeah, that was the first headliner was that he steps down, and then later on in the day, it's like the board forced him to step down. We could kind of read between the lines. It was a very short um, Bank of Queensland statement that was put out this morning, but they did say that the chair would be stepping into the executive role as they searched for a new CEO. So you did get the sense that this all happened very quickly. And uh, I'm sure you've read in the Fin that there's a bit of um, consternation amongst the uh, the BOQ board because I think somebody leaked it to the media and uh, somebody said they might be staying on as a consultant to BOQ, which they've now come out and denied. But uncertainty, uncertainty is not appreciated by shareholders, and that's why the share price is down by by 6% today. All right. And our stock of the day? It was, was Marley Spoon. Yes. Uh, our guests were Mark Gardner from, from Macro. Yes. And uh, Francesco Destratus. From Ords. That's yeah. right. You beat me to it. Marley Spoon, its share price off by 6%. Let's listen in to what these guys had to say. Look at these prices. If they manage to pull this off, I don't think, it's, I don't think you need to rush out to buy this thing. Um, I think you've got plenty of time. If they manage to execute yeah. the business plan, um, because they've, they've gone to the US okay. and things as well, and they've made some acquisitions, it's yeah, it's one to keep on the watch list. Comes back down to it. It all comes down to costs, and revenues, and if your revenues uh, are greater than your costs on a consistent basis, you consistently make profits. I struggle yeah. to see that with this sort of okay. business, um, so I, I wouldn't be buying it. I wouldn't, to be honest, wouldn't even buy it for a trade because the liquidity is not there. Okay. Yeah, an insto entitlement offer coming through, so looking to raise cash. Look, Andrew, uh, I remember when this company listed, thinking, oh. How will that go? I mean, do you get those meal services delivered to your house? Well, I tell you how it'll go. Go very well when you have a COVID pandemic. Yeah, yeah. but when you don't have a COVID pandemic. Yeah, well, that's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Because there were either another couple there. In fact, what's happened to those other well companies in that space? What are they called? Um, there's a few of them. Yeah. But Marley Spoon did hook up with Woolworths. So that gave it a lot of wind beneath its sails for a while and then the pandemic. But um, yeah, it's still a difficult business, you know, getting those, I think, to, I, I think getting people to use them consistently. Like everything's fun for a little while. And then I just wonder how long people 
you know, we'll continue to have yeah, that Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm thinking of Peloton as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a good example. Oh, boy. Um, look, what else? We saw the Aussie dollar coming under pressure today. We've got a big week in terms of economic data. After last week's snooze fest. Mm. Uh, well, certainly um, stateside, there's a lot, uh, lot happening. But, um, of course, well, locally, we've had Philip Lowe today. In fact, he's speaking again at the end of the week. So... Interesting to see where he takes the conversation at that point. And uh, we've also got the CPI read in the middle of the mm-hmm. week. So that's going to be critical, obviously. Yeah, looking forward to that and some Fed speak as well. Jerome Powell will speak. I think Bullard and Williams speak as well. So some key members there. Um, and I guess it's Jay Powell's last chance to really refine the messaging ahead of the blackout period. The FOMC meets yet again mid-December and that will be their last meeting for the year. So yeah, to your point, data dependent, bad news, good news, good news, bad news. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that conversation yet again this week. Yeah, in fact, it's a bit of a talk fest from the central bank governors. Also get Christine Lagarde from the ECB and uh, mm-hmm. Bailey from the uh, the BOE as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of data. Um, we're rounding it out at the end of the week with US non-farm payrolls once yeah. again. Key numbers. Big one. So what is this slowdown when you've got unemployment so low? Um, tomorrow you can discuss that if you so desire with Steve Sosnick. He'll be joining you in the morning. I always look forward to those chats. Um, we'll be speaking with Felicity Emmett because there's the weekly consumer confidence read. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how that's playing out here locally. Well, it has been lifting just in the last couple of weeks. But that it goes in cycles because you have the, um, the RBA, then it comes off obviously, as consumers fret about where interest rates are going and then it lifts again Mm -hmm. because they keep spending. Yeah. Come on, guys. Calm spending down and perhaps we can get through this rate hiking cycle. Are you kidding? (laughs) Black Friday, Christmas. Christmas. I was good. I didn't shop. Have You you haven't started your Christmas shopping yet? Okay, I'm lying. I did buy a few little things online and, yeah, Yeah. you're right. I was taking advantage of the Black Friday sales. I just – I can't believe it's that time of year. Yeah, i got to say, all the women in my household are saying, look how much money we can save. (laughs) (laughs) We can spend money to save money, as my dad used to say. All right, Luke Laredin from Seneca Financial, no doubt, will give us some stock picks tomorrow. So, look, it's going to be another great day on AusBiz. Why would you go anywhere else? Well, I'm not. I'm here, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the morning. See ya. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.